Welcome to the Connect Your Health to Life coaching podcast. I'm your host, Seth Lusk. I'm a master certified self-image coach and empowered health coach with a decade-long background working in the health and wellness industry. If you're anything like me or the clients that I work with, then you're probably struggling with body image, self-image, or confidence issues. You're probably also trying to figure out why it is that you have these amazing desires for living your healthiest and most fulfilling life, but you can't seem to create consistent actions in your life to reflect those desires. So join me as we dive in deep on what it means to live a fulfilled and authentic life. We're going to look from the perspective of an empowered mindset and uncover reasons why you might be what's holding yourself back from living your most fulfilling life. I'm going to break through some of the biggest illusions and myths that we've all been taught to believe along the way. And I'm so excited to have you with me on this journey. So my only question for you is, are you ready to start living your most authentic and fulfilling life once and for all? Then let's get started, shall we? Welcome back to the podcast. For those of you listening in for the first time this week, welcome, welcome. You picked a tremendously interesting episode to tune into. I know I say that every week, but this week, my friends, is truly... It's been a doozy trying to get this podcast ready for you all this week. I'm talking about a topic today that is so important for us to be discussing But what's interesting is that as I was preparing for this podcast, I went online. I I usually look at other life coaches' work, people that I've read, for inspiration to remind me of things that I know about certain topics so that I know how to outline um, what it is that I want to talk about when it comes to, to certain topics. And this week, we're talking about presence and how... A lack of presence brings about suffering. And it was difficult for me to prepare for this topic this week. You see, when we talk about presence, we're talking about being in the present moment with exactly what is in that moment. And I know that as I say these words, your brain is interpreting a lot of different things right now. So that word is, I want you to really focus on that word. And the intention behind the meaning of the word is presence is being in a state with what exactly is in that moment. Awareness of it and acceptance of it. Presence is the most deeply profound state of being. It's actually the only real state of being. But with most people, what we are attached to is the state of doing. And therefore, we feel that presence eludes us. When we get stuck in identifying with this state of doing, we are attached to the mind and thinking and the ego. And we begin to create an illusion of lack. And this becomes our state of interpreting the world around us. And presence is the key that allows us to become the observer of that creation of that state of lack from our mind. And presence is the key to opening up this awareness that allows us to recognize that we are something deeper 
than that state of lack. We are a being having a human experience. We are the being, not the human. We are a human being. The human does and thinks and acts, but there is a deeper part of us that connects all of us to each other and to everything around us, all of the energy in the universe. That something is so vast and so deep and it's within every single one of us. That is who we are. And some people will use the word God to describe this, this presence. And I personally don't use this word. I feel it's been overused and thrown around too much and has kind of lost its, its essence in human language. And human language in and of itself is very flawed. So I prefer using other words to describe this, but some people may call it God. Some people may call it Buddha. Some people call it the universe. Some people call it source. You can call it any word that you want because words are merely containers of the essence of what we're trying to describe here. And it is that state of presence within all of us that connects us to everything around us. And presence allows us to feel that and to be aware of it and to move out of being attached to that state of lack and conditions and ego and thoughts and labels. Presence allows us to move out of that and into this peaceful knowing of who we are. Now, I want to be clear that this does not mean that as humans that we cannot do things or want to do things. But when this doing becomes our identity and creates a state of lack, is when we begin to create suffering. So presence is something that we feel. It's an awareness of being, and an awareness of who we are. But you see, presence has become this abstract unicorn concept in in the self-help world. And it gets thrown around in the coaching space, in the mental health space, in the you know inspirational talking space. But so few people really talk about or address it or speak of the importance of it for healing humanity. And as I prepared for this podcast this week, I looked at my role models for some guidance because I was scared to talk about this topic. I was looking for inspiration. I scoured through podcasts. I found nothing. And I was really shocked by this, and I was wondering why. And I believe it's because presence is something so deeply profound that it's something that feels almost impossible to describe. And this is because presence is something that can only be felt. It cannot be understood. In fact, if you're trying to understand it, then you most assuredly are not feeling presence. Understanding requires for the mind to be at work and to be identifying with that. Presence is a felt state. And I feel like why so many of my role models and life coaches out there have avoided talking about this is for two reasons. Number one, it is so so vastly deep to try and explain. And number two, because it is a felt state, Human language, human words, 
in any language you might use, are merely containers of a feeling that we want to convey, which is why human language falls short so many times in our ability to communicate with one another. So on a podcast, what I have is human language. What I have is the expression in my voice, the timing, the sound, the pitch that I might choose, and the specific words. But presence is something that is in the essence of all of that, not in the physicality of it. And I think people shy away from from speaking on this topic because of that fact. It is profoundly scary to hop on here on this microphone knowing that I am talking to hundreds, thousands of people that might listen in about this felt state that is so important to the healing of humanity. So what I want to do is I want to take the time today to explain presence. And why the opposite is, of it is suffering. And how, the, how there is a difference between pain and suffering. And I want you to, as I'm expressing this, to recognize that there's something deeper here in what I'm saying than just the words coming through your speakers, your headphones, whatever it is that you're listening in on, coming through this microphone to you. I want to see if you can connect to that as I talk to you today. So if you're listening in for the first time, this is why I say you picked a very interesting episode to listen in on. Because this is the first time that I've addressed a topic where the words coming out of my mouth are the least important thing here. There was one role model of mine that when all of the life coaches that I was looking at, looking through their podcast, looking through their work, trying to find how is it that I want to approach trying to explain presence. How do you explain that? There was one person that I I knew after I couldn't find it anywhere else. If I turn to them, they'll have something, something to point me in the right direction. So I turned to my books by Eckhart Tolle. I turned to some of his recordings that he's done. And I listened. And I found something very deeply profound when he speaks. He speaks very slowly. He speaks with so much silence between his words. And if you're not practicing presence while listening to him, this could feel a bit frustrating. But when I listened, not to the words that he was saying, Not to the words that his mouth was making, but to what he was saying. I was reminded of what I wanted to show you all today. One of the books of his that I read was The Power of Now. And within a chapter, I was reminded of the depth of this topic. I was reminded of how profound this topic is. And how important and necessary it is to become aware of how we are all so connected with this presence, the whole of humanity. And how important it is to recognize that if we truly wish to heal. And on the way, we will use other tools, of course. And coaching offers so many of these powerful tools, which is why I love coaching. But I feel that very few coaches out there are teaching about 
the power of presence and how important it is. In a world that is obsessed with time, with labels, with blaming, with judgment, with concepts, and yes, even obsessed with their own suffering. We are in a world full of humans who are obsessed with and addicted to their own suffering. And until we can learn to become present and recognize this addiction, and recognize that the suffering is not us, it is our mind, it is our ego. And I've said this many, many times before, no no being here, no human being listening in, no human being on this planet is their mind. No human being is their thoughts. No human being is their beliefs or behaviors. They're not their body or the clothes on it. No human is the language that they learn to speak or the words they might choose within that language. Every being, every human being on this planet is something so much deeper. But this being can only be experienced within ourselves and within those around us through presence. And it is the collective lack of experience of this awareness, of this inner deeply present being that creates the suffering that we see and feel in the world today that we are so addicted to. And yes, I am intentionally using the word addicted. We are addicted to this state of existence, this state of lack, this state of labeling and judgment, the state of seeing other beings as their body, as their language, as the color of their skin, as the clothes that they wear, as the religion that they choose to practice, as their behaviors, as the music that they listen to, as the restaurants that they go to, the food that they eat, as everything that we can sense in this physical world. That is what we're used to and addicted to seeing people and ourselves and everything around us as. And in that experience, we become disconnected from that deeper presence. And here is where suffering begins. I think you all know by now that I'm not one to shy away from a topic that is hard to grasp or that is controversial. I love talking about the controversial. I'm not someone who's afraid to question what is currently accepted as norms by our society. So this week, as I get, I'm two weeks away from the one-year mark of having started this podcast, I chose this week to address this topic. And I know for some people it's going to feel upsetting. I know for some people it's going to feel confusing, frustrating, scary maybe even. But I wouldn't be addressing this topic today if it wasn't so crucial to what every single one of you out there is truly looking for right now. This topic, every time I thought about it before now, before when I thought about addressing it, I would feel this feeling of overwhelm as my mind would start to race and I would attach to it again and I would jump into those thoughts and those feelings and get overwhelmed and identify with them. And I was like, no, I could never do this. I could never do this justice. So I kept putting it on the back burner time and time again. Time. It's the poison that prevents presence. 
And I recognized this. And so I chose today, as I sat down at this desk, still feeling my mind being a mind over here, it's still afraid as I'm talking to you right now. Still afraid of how you might interpret my words and what you might make it mean about me. And I noticed all of that happening over here. And I chose in this moment, now, to be here with you and speak. My words will not get me the perfect outcome in every way. And that's okay. Because presence is not in the words. It's in between. In between the sounds coming out of my mouth right now that your mind and my mind are currently interpreting and creating thoughts about as my mind races over here and worries about how weird do you think I am right now? As my mind sits over here and creates all of these thoughts as your mind listens in and tries to interpret my words and tries to figure out what is Seth talking about? What does he mean? Notice that right now and now. And now. Do you feel that? Do you feel your mind in that ever-present voice speaking in your head, in between the words that I say, offering you interpretation, offering you meaning, offering you thoughts about the words that I am currently choosing to talk to you? As it offers you interpretation and therefore feelings about these words, If you do, if you notice this, what is you? You. What is you that is noticing this? You are the presence that is able to feel and observe your mind in its chaos, thinking, labeling, interpreting, suggesting feelings. You are noticing it. Now. Notice it now. And now. You see, there is that space between where you can see that thinking, sense it being there, over there. Maybe it's really, really close, but it is just right over there. Enough that the inner eyes of you are aware and able to observe it. That observer, my friends, that is you. And if you focus on this observing long enough, you'll notice that expansive, infinite presence in the deep, deep, silent background of the loud voice of your mind and ego. And that presence is you. Noticing this This is the first step to awakening yourself to the healing power of presence, the feeling of presence. And in presence, the only thing that can survive is peace, love, consciousness, and your being. There is no suffering in presence. Suffering requires something that cannot survive in presence. Time. Suffering requires time. 
Time is this imaginary concept that is a very helpful tool from a societal standpoint. And for us all to show up together in this physical realm and create and organize together, it is a very helpful tool. But time, time is not something that actually exists. You can ask any animal, any tree, what time is it? And they will tell you, it's now. Time is a thought. It's an idea. Something that if we attach to, and if we attach too much to it, it opens us to suffering. So as I try to convey the feeling of presence to you all in this podcast episode, I want to look at the opposite. The opposite of presence is suffering. Presence heals suffering. So what is suffering? By definition, suffering is an experience of unpleasantness and an aversion associated with the perception of harm or threat of harm within an individual. In case you don't know what the word aversion means, the definition is a strong dislike or an unwillingness. That's a strong word, unwillingness. That is resistance. And I want to also define another word that I think we get confused with suffering, and that is pain. Pain is a highly unpleasant physical sensation. So some aspects of suffering. When we suffer, we're in resistance. We are disempowered. We become a victim in our life. We are unaware of who we are. A person in suffering is is emotionally reactive because they're unable to see their emotional responsibility by being the being behind the thoughts and the actions and the feelings. Suffering causes us to focus on form, on labels, on containers, on judgments, on conceptualizing what people are and slapping a label on them. So what is the difference between pain and suffering? With pain, we experience a sensation. And I I, I hate to be the, the bearer of news that you may perceive as bad, but we cannot escape experiencing pain in this life. We're not supposed to. Suffering occurs when we create the desire or even the illusion of need to escape that pain. When we start to label the pain as wrong or bad or should not be happening. We experience suffering then. Suffering also occurs when we factor in another big human illusion alongside pain. The illusion I just spoke about. And it's an illusion that our mind and our ego are so attached to. That if we do not recognize that we are not the mind and ego, we will be pulled into the illusion. That illusion is time. And I know a lot of you are rolling your eyes right now, or maybe you got really confused, so I'm asking you to stick with me here. I know we have been taught to see time as a fact. I know that. And I'm not suggesting that we get rid of time. But we need to recognize time is merely a tool that we use in our minds. It's a thought. It's an idea created by humanity. You cannot go out in the world and find 
time. It only exists in our minds. Like I said, ask any tree, ask any animal, what is the time? And they will say, now. Time is a measure created by man to organize the human experience. And the only time that truly ever, ever exists is this present moment. Past is just a memory. It's a story that we tell ourselves about what happened that was stored in our brain. The future is a made-up story that we are guessing could be possible for present moments in the future. That have not happened. That we have no guarantee will ever happen. Yet we walk around through this life talking about the past and the future so frequently and attaching ourselves to these stories and what they mean about us as if they are real, as if they are objective facts, and that our very identity is entrenched within them. But this is not the truth. The only thing that we are is the presence that you notice in the background that is observing your mind at this moment Interpreting the words coming out of my mouth right now. The only thing you are is that presence that is, observe, that is observing yourself, observing me. And observing yourself making thoughts and beliefs based off of what I am saying. Based off of your stories of the past and the future that you're telling yourself to identify with, to interpret the words coming out of my mouth. That presence that is aware of all of that happening, that is you. And I don't want you to get me wrong. I'm not saying that we cannot have these stories or that we should not have them. That's not at all what I'm saying. What I'm saying is to recognize that they are stories. They're not real. And that attaching our worth and identity to them is harmful to us and contributes greatly to suffering. And when it comes to suffering, I'm not talking about experiencing pain. The pain of physical injury to your body, the pain you may experience as you experience certain emotions that you have created the concept of negativity around or uncomfortable around. Pain will be experienced in this life. It's part of the deal. But we create suffering when we bring time into that pain and we begin to worry about how long that pain will last. What will it mean about us in our lives if it lasts for too long? We begin to worry about what it means to our body and what that will mean about us, who we are in this life. We begin to worry about the past and what we did to deserve that pain. And then on top of that, we throw in another aspect of suffering, resistance. We resist the pain with thoughts of, this shouldn't be happening This is bad. This should go away. This needs to stop. This must stop. And with that thinking, you have suffering. So with this pain, we don't just have physical pain. We have emotional pain. We couple it together with time and resistance, and we create suffering. When we begin to tell ourselves that we are unworthy, unlovable, unacceptable, or a bad person... We have emotional pain when we experience ourselves telling ourselves these things about ourselves. When we reject ourselves and we experience emotions as a result of that rejection, 
And then we label these emotions as bad because we are living in the illusion of them meaning something bad about us. Then we throw in the resistance of time and resistance to experiencing the emotions. And we have suffering from emotional pain. But I want you to recognize here that pain of the emotion comes from what you make the emotion mean. The emotion itself is not hurting you. It's a vibration in your body. It begins to hurt when we make it mean something about ourselves. That further deepens the illusion that we are what we do. And that our worth and lovability is therefore conditional on that. And we lose sight of our being and its connection to everything and everyone around us. And we create an illusion of separateness, aloneness, and a need for the mind and ego to defend ourselves against this fragile existence and this conditional worthiness. And to go out there and try and prove to everyone around us that we are worthy because we feel separate from them and from ourselves and from that connection that if all of us tap into it, it doesn't need to be said that you are worthy. It is understood because you are worthy by design, not by decision. And when we identify with this, this illusion of fragile existence, this conditional worthiness, this separation, we start resisting. We start using time as a tool of resistance and disconnecting from being. And we will then create suffering from any pain that we might experience in this human body. We begin to see this human body's interpretation of its physical experience as our reality, our identity, our truth. Proof of our loss of connection to everyone around us and everything around us. And to our deeper being. And the further we go into this identity with the ego and the mind, the further we go into that state of existing, the more suffering we experience. And the more suffering we create around us in the world. And I, but I want to be clear, I'm not saying that doing is bad. And that in this human body, we shouldn't do anything. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that we shouldn't want to plan or want to accomplish anything. This is not the point I'm making here. Actually, being in this body and having these desires is important and is not meant to be denied. Denying this would be a lack of presence. It would be resistance to what is and therefore creating suffering. The point here with suffering is to recognize that the suffering occurs when we identify with this state of lack and doing. When we go about doing with our worth and identity attached to it and what will come out of that doing. And therefore we put conditions on our being and its worth. This is where suffering occurs. It's not in the doing. And this is where we create suffering around us. As we go about trying to do things that we want in life. And attaching our own worth to having accomplished those things. And so therefore, we attach everyone's worth around us to their ability to accomplish things as well. Further disconnecting ourselves from our own being and our being's connection to them. The presence that is in all of us. And you see, this is why some people go about doing something and someone else can go about doing the same thing 
And one person experiences growth, success, fulfillment, joy, and the other person experiences suffering, rejection, and lack of worthiness. It's all about awareness and presence while we do. It's not about resisting the fact that we are having a human experience, but it is remembering that powerful statement there. We are having a human experience. That we is separate from the human experience. It is here observing and being a part of that human experience. But we are not that human experience. And I think that most people get confused about presence and don't practice it because they see it as being something separate from doing. When we talk about presence, I think people picture some, you know, monk sitting in the the lotus position with their hands on their their knees and their fingers touching and oming and then this is presence. Just sitting there and doing nothing and please don't think. That's what people think presence is. That it is separate from doing. That you are either doing or you're being present. But did you know we can be present while doing? We can be fully aware of our being and its unconditional worth while we mindfully and constructively in our human body with the mind that is there in it. We can use that to actively plan, do, and create in this physical life. And this makes all of the difference in whether or not your doing feels fulfilling or not. It's not about the doing itself. It's about aligning it with your being. Balancing it with the awareness of your being. Aligning it with your true and deepest self. So what is presence? Presence is a state or fact of existing or occurring. And that can only happen in this moment. It can't happen in the future. It can't happen in the past. Presence only occurs in this moment. When we practice presence, we gain certain aspects in our awareness. We gain awareness of emotional neutrality. We're able to look at circumstances and recognize, oh, there's my mind interpreting the circumstance and creating all of these emotions. But we recognize that it's the mind doing this. The circumstance in and of itself just is. It just is. We gain this through practicing presence. We gain being able to be fully present with physical sensations in the body, as well as our feelings and emotions, without having to label them as good, bad, right, or wrong. They just are what is in the body right now. And can we be with it? When we're present, we're more aware of our thoughts and beliefs because we're not identified with them. We aren't them. We are the observer that is able to sit back and have just enough space to create that distance between you and the thought and recognize, I am the one that is observing this thought, this belief. 
We deepen our awareness. We become more aware of our mind being a mind. We're more able to accept what is in the moment. We're more able to recognize the essence of ourselves, the words that we use, everything around us. Instead of being attached to the label of what it is, we're able to feel more into the essence of the things, the words, the world around us. We're able to be in a space of non-judgment where we can just hold space for things to be. And you might be wondering, why is presence so important? Well, for the reasons I just listed above, having these things, these tools, these, this presence available to you is so powerful. It gives you your power back in your life to be able to show up and recognize you are a being, a powerful present being having a human experience. And in that experience, there is a mind that will have thoughts, that has an ego, that, it, that wants to attach to things. But you don't have to follow that. When we are present, we find the truth of a situation. You might be wondering what I mean by that. We find out how we are currently experiencing the situation and why. By noticing the thoughts and beliefs that we are having that contribute to the way that we are experiencing the current circumstance, instead of blaming and labeling, we're able to see all of that. So we then have the option to feel empowered by seeing how we are creating the way that we are experiencing the circumstance, and therefore we have the power to change how we experience the circumstance at any point that we want to. When we are present, we are not in the past or the future. We don't project ourselves into either, and we recognize the past and the future as both being a story. Suffering comes when we see these as realities, and we project ourselves into them, when we lose sight of the fact that, we are, we, that these are stories. So where I see people struggling with presence so much, and I mentioned in the beginning of, uh, or a little bit earlier in the podcast, one of the ways in which I see people struggling with practicing presence. One of the ways that I see is people try to have no thoughts. And my friends, here's the thing. You never have thoughts. Your mind does, but you are not your mind. So you don't have to try to not have thoughts. It's recognizing the thoughts aren't you. Allowing the mind to be over there, having its thoughts, while you, the deeply present being, is right here, observing it. Another way that I see people struggling with presence is they try to judge and resist the thoughts. That's a bad thought. It needs to go away. I need to hurry up and be gone. I can't believe I'm having that thought. Oh, it's so bad. Another way I see people struggling with it is thinking that being present is something that certain people have the ability to do, but that others don't, such as themselves. They believe that they don't have it. This is simply not true. Every being having a human experience is able to be present. We all have it in us. Another way that I see people struggling with presence is that they think that they cannot be doing while being present, and therefore they don't have time to be present. Believing that if they practice presence that this means they they can't plan or think about the past or the future. And I want to say this. That's not true. (laughs) And we're going to talk about how here in just a minute. But before I get there, I also want to say this. 
If you find yourself trying to be present, then this is not presence. So if your idea of being present is trying to sit still and not think and resist your thoughts, then this is not presence. Presence comes from releasing that trying and recognizing that all of that thinking, that's not you anyways. We don't need to try to get rid of it. We just need to become aware that we are not it. And then opening ourselves to the awareness of what is happening. Not the thoughts, not the beliefs, not the mind being a mind. And trying to interpret everything. You are a being in a human body having a human experience. There is a mind in this body. And with that mind, an ego. And this mind and ego are wanting you to identify with them. And identify with the thoughts that they will create. The desire for rightness, quote-unquote. Presence is being able to sit and watch that happen. Being able to do so opens you to the layer of your being in which you can recognize that you are not those thoughts. You are not that desire for rightness. Because you're observing them. If you were them, then you would not be observing them. If you were your mind, you would not be observing your mind. And from that space, you can allow your mind to continue being a mind. It can have thoughts, but you are not thinking. You are watching your mind thinking. And you can turn from those thoughts and allow them to just be over there with your mind. Being thoughts, being what they are. While you turn your inner awareness to your being. This is a practice of presence. And notice at no point in time was there a trying. It's only becoming aware, feeling, and releasing. So where I see people struggling the most with presence is this trying to be present. This attempt to use the mind to understand themselves in present, into presence. But presence can only be felt. The mind is not involved in presence, actually. As I just said... Presence is recognizing that your mind is something separate from you. And noticing that separation from the mind. That's when we are present. When we are present, we notice the space between the mind and us and we disengage from it. Not rejecting it. Not resisting it away. We just disengage. We recognize the mind is being a mind. It's just doing what it was designed to do. And here I am observing it. We turn to the more important layers of ourselves and our being. And we allow that mind to just continue being a mind over there. In the human with the mind. And I mentioned this a bit earlier. Another place, and I want to explain why, where people really struggle with being present is in planning. And using past and future thinking without identifying with it. So again, with presence, it's not that the mind stops thinking. This illusion that we need to get the mind to stop thinking comes from our identification with the mind. But when we don't identify with the mind, we recognize that's something separate from us. We don't need it to stop thinking. And we recognize, therefore, the thoughts come from it, not from me. So planning and thinking about the past or future do not necessarily have to mean that we cannot be present. That we should not ever think about the past or the future, or plan for the future. 
What is important here is to recognize again the separation between the human and the being, the human doing and the human being. So when we plan, we are acting in the human doing, but the human being is still present and observing all of this. That is still who we are. And where suffering comes in with planning is when we do it from a state of lack, when we identify with the human doing. And what must be achieved in order for us to feel fulfilled and to increase our worth, whatever. Suffering happens when planning comes from that energy, that space. And therefore, we are, what we are is we are projecting ourselves into this future story of needing to accomplish this thing that we are planning before we're allowed to be happy, before we're allowed to experience joy, before we can feel worthy, loved, and connected. Planning is simply thinking about the future. But the future does not actually exist. It is a story about what might possibly happen and how we can do things now to be in a state of preparedness with our actions as the present moment changes. But the future is not real. Because when it happens, it's now. It is the present. The future never actually happens. It's only a story. So we can plan. We as a being can use our mind to plan and choose steps that we will take right now and think about what possible outcomes they will create and then what we might take from a step from there after we create those results. And that creates possible scenarios that will be in now that we will exist in and then what the step is that we will take in that moment. This is planning. We take steps today that prepare us for those scenarios that are make-believe, that are a story in the mind so that we will be prepared for them when they become a possible present moment, if they become a possible present moment. But the difference is that during this planning time, we recognize two things. One, this is only thinking in a story. I am not these things, nor does who I am change according to these plans. According to what I'm going to do in these plans, nothing about me changes. Nothing about my worth changes. I'm not going to be more worthy or more able to be happy. And also, it doesn't change what I am doing right now and when it is now. The other thing we recognize is that we are still aware that during this planning, that we are a being and that we are eternally unchanging. And that what we are planning for is what our human body will do in this life and what outcomes we think will come out of it. And what we will do based on those outcomes, that is planning. It is simply a strategic, constructive story. But our worth does not come out of the result of what we will achieve by taking actions when that story becomes a present moment that we take action in. That is where suffering comes in. As when we do this planning and then... We feel like we need to hurry up and achieve the goal because that's where, that's where the happiness is going to be. That's where the fulfillment is going to be. That's where I'm finally going to be worthy enough, good enough, lovable enough, whatever it is enough, rich enough, important enough. So when we're planning and being present, there is no worrying in this kind of planning. Worrying happens when we identify with the story and predict what bad things will happen if we don't achieve it fast enough. Or what bad things might possibly happen 
and what suffering will occur because they will happen and how they will change our worth and how we see ourselves and how we think others will see us differently according to what might happen. This is when planning becomes suffering and we disconnect from being present. If anxiety or worry are involved, then this is not constructive planning. Constructive planning means we can still be in this present moment while planning steps for this future story. When we do this, we are still being in the present moment. We notice, I am only here. I am only here. And I have this mind present here. And I'm using it to create possible actions that I might take in another now, as this now changes. When we do this, we're not projecting away from being right now. We're just using thinking to imagine a future picture and what we want to do, and thinking of steps to get us there, and what we will do in between the now and this future picture to be prepared for it, if it comes. Also knowing that when that moment does arrive, it will be a now. And that it might be different. And that's also okay. We will take action. We will solve any obstacles that might arrive. That are different from what we planned. But we stay present during this planning. And then, when we're done planning, we allow that thinking to still just be there. We do not attach to it. And we let that thinking release. We're back in the present moment. We're still, actually, we're not back in the present moment. We're still here in this present moment. Now, when we talk about thinking about our past, as again, the same concept applies here. The past is not real. What we did is not who we are. But we can use a stored memory of a previous now to recall it into our thinking and learn something from it that we can then use to choose how we will act now or how we will plan for something in a future picture that we will do differently based on the memory that we are now thinking on. Where we lose presence in using our memory is when we identify with the story of the past. When we take the interpretation of our stored memory and make it mean something about us that we then use to diminish our worth, to judge, to label ourselves as something wrong or bad or negative, or we begin to experience regret and get stuck in identifying with this memory as changing who we are. And when we judge and when we regret, we lose presence. We lose our connection to presence. But when we're able to recognize that we're doing this and bring ourselves back, we end the suffering. And what we want to be able to do is to recall these memories, recognize that this is merely a thought. It's an interpretation stored in the mind, by the mind and the ego, of a past present moment that we can use in a way to learn and plan. But it is only a story. It's not the truth. And you can know this because if you ask 20 people, to, if you have 20 people experience something, put them all in separate rooms, don't let them talk to each other, ask them what they experience, they will have all experienced something, they will describe the experience differently. So who's right and who's wrong? Yes and yes and yes, 20 times. It's just an interpretation. And when we recognize this, we can use these stories to learn and plan. 
we can see it as being merely a story that we can observe and gather information from, and use to choose current actions and plan future actions. But during this entire process, we still are aware of who we are and its unchanging eternal nature, its unconditional worthiness. And we are aware of the fact that we are just using a construct of an idea to take action in our human experience. So with presence, it is not that we can't still use the concept of time, past and future. It is when we identify with them and use these stories and attach to them as a way to change our worth and who we are. This is where we create an illusion that we are conditionally worthy beings and we create suffering. Presence is a felt awareness, not something to be understood. Remember this. We understand time. We understand planning. We understand future and past stories. Because this is the mind working. And the ego will try to convince you to identify with those thoughts and concepts. And this is where we lose presence and begin suffering. It's not that the mind can't have these stories. It's when we identify them that we begin creating suffering. And I, now, this all might feel a bit vague. And I don't want to leave you all without something that you can take from this episode and put into practice in your life. And with presence, this is very difficult for me to offer you because in order to offer you something to do, doing is not presence. Presence is felt. So I want you to be aware that I'm about to ask you to do here. And in doing that, you are not present. But in doing this, I am hoping that a part of you awakens to the awareness of your being and experiences present in that moment as you do this, that you experience presence. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to find a plant or a tree. A tree outside is a wonderful way to do this. But also if you only have an indoor option, an indoor plant is also going to work here. I want you to create a space of time, a period of time, in which the only thing that you have planned to do is to be still and silent with the plant or the tree. Now, when you do this, when you're in that moment, you're sitting or standing there with the plant or the tree, observing it, you will notice your mind wanting to tell you a story about the tree or the plant and its parts or the scenery around it. Tell you a story about you looking at the plant or the tree. Or what you were trying to do. You're going to notice your mind noticing what is happening. What, are you, what it is that you're trying to accomplish. Wanting to tell you about how you might look while observing this plant. And I want you to notice that this is your mind being a mind. And that is okay. In this human body, there is a mind, and it will always be a mind. That's all it knows how to be. But you, you are noticing it. So you are not it. And I want you to begin to see if you can feel the space between the mind being a mind, those thoughts coming up, 
and the presence that is you observing it. And as you do this, I want to see if you can notice this space. The space between you and it. And then there, I want you to see if you can notice the space around that space. And around it. The expansiveness of it. And in that space, how tiny the mind and its thoughts are. That space is the essence of of you. That deep silence and still presence that connects you to everyone and everything, including this plant or this tree that you are in front of and observing, that is you. I want you to notice that your mind will want to call it a tree or a plant, whatever kind of plant it is, and will want to label its parts. Again, that is just the mind being a mind. Go back to the space around the thoughts and the mind. Be still and be silent. Be. Observe this that is in front of you that your mind wants to label. Just observe it. Let the labels come out of your mind. They can be over there. Notice the space around them. You might find yourself attaching to those thoughts and labels. That's okay. Just notice that. Notice it. That is you noticing that. So again, you can release your attachment to them and notice the space around them. Feel the distance of the space around these thoughts. Release the thought or the label. Let it just float. And just observe what is. What is in this moment, in your field of awareness, you and all around you? Observe all that is in this moment. And as the thoughts arrive, you allow them to just drift into the what is. The stillness, the silence, the depth of this now breathe in this now and allow your awareness to keep expanding keep opening and deepening you have nothing else to do but be with what is in this moment continue this state until the time that you have set aside finishes and is a new moment of change Bring your awareness back to the physical space around you. And I want you to carry this widened, deepened, expanded awareness with you as you re-enter the doing of your day. And remain aware as you do that this presence, this awareness, it's always just right there, closer to you than the thoughts coming out of your mind. Because that is you. So in your doing, if you expand your awareness to the stillness and the silence just outside of the thoughts and the mind in doing, that presence of you is right there. And you can return to it in any moment. And I know this may feel abstract to some of you, 
That's okay. It's supposed to. As I said before, presence is not something that is understood or thought about. It's only felt. My words here are merely containers for the essence of the feeling that I'm trying to convey here. And my hope is that some of you will be able to open these containers of the words that I'm choosing here and feel the essence of what it is that I am conveying. The essence of what it is that I'm connecting with you through. And begin to awaken your awareness of your being in presence. Human language is the tool that I have to connect with you all here today. This tool is merely a container of the essence of my message here, so I hope you feel that. So try not to get too attached to the words in this message. Maybe go back and listen again and see if you can feel more into what I'm conveying here, not think into it. That doesn't mean your mind can't still think. But you feel into it. Feel the essence of the feeling that I am pouring into these words. Follow that feeling. I truly believe it will take you to some deeply profound and exciting awareness. This is my intention today that I want you to carry into this coming week. This is what I am here, present with you, pouring out of me through my human experience to you in this moment, right now. Hey, thank you for listening in this week. I hope you enjoyed the content of this episode. If you did, please subscribe or follow this podcast to receive the newest episodes every week as I bring them to you here on the Connect Your Health to Life coaching channel. Ratings, reviews, and comments are always appreciated. These allow me to know more of what my listeners would like in the podcast and allow for more people who may be searching for a podcast just like this one to find the Connect Your Health to Life coaching channel. If you would like more information about me and the work that I do with my clients one-on-one, then please visit my website at www.slch.ch. Again, that is www.slch.ch. You can also find me on social media on Instagram at sethlusk underscore coaching. Again, that is sethlusk underscore coaching. And on Facebook in my free Facebook group community called A Healthy Life Connection. We would love to have you in the group, and it's only three membership questions that you have to answer to join. And again, it's entirely free. And if you need any further information or just want to say hello, feel free to send me an email directly at slusk.health at slch.ch. Again, that is slusk.health at slch.ch. Thank you again so much for listening, and I look forward to our next time together. Ciao.